Welcome to Superintendent Radio Network. I'm Guy Soprano. Joining us is Blaine Sparks. Blaine is the superintendent at the Wilderness at Lake Jackson in southeast Texas. With another storm season approaching, we figured that Blaine would be an excellent guest to have on. Blaine was on the ground during Hurricane Harvey last year. He's also dealt with some devastating storms in 2016 that a lot of people outside the Houston area don't know a lot about. He was managing the crew and the golf course during and after Hurricane Ike, and he was attending LSU when Hurricane Katrina hit Louisiana. Blaine's going to provide some tips to prepare for and to recover from natural disaster, and he's also going to describe what the scene has been like in southeast Texas in the year since Hurricane Harvey. We know that you're going to find Blaine's thoughts very helpful, but we also know that you're going to find his stories inspiring. So we're glad that Blaine was able to join us. Well, Blaine, thank you for joining us. I know August is a busy time in Houston like it is in a lot of other golf markets. First thing I want to ask you is just how would you describe the wilderness at Lake Jackson to somebody who has never heard of it? Tell the story of your golf course in your own words. Well, thank you for having me. I appreciate it. Uh, it's been an amazing project. I started here about uh, 12 years ago and uh, started as the assistant. Within a short eight-month period, I was able to um, move into the superintendent role that I've had for almost 11 years now. Um, the property itself is an amazing piece of property. We have about 450 acres. Uh, only about 250 of that has been developed. Most has been left to environmentally sensitive areas because we're in the floodplain and adjacent to the Brazos River. So we have... Uh, extremely large ridges that move throughout, large live oaks, uh, water oaks, and obviously as they were trying to develop the golf course, they had to be cognizant of that, so they moved through and tried to leave as many areas as natural as possible. So in their discussions going through the process, they developed only 250 of that 450-acre track and built an incredible 18-hole championship golf course. I've had the fortunate opportunity of being here and kind of taken it from the beginning and moved it all the way through. So it's uh, it's been an amazing opportunity and an amazing project as I've moved along throughout my career. What's day-to-day -day life like at the Wilderness? Explain the people that work for you and some of your daily objectives on the agronomic end. We're pulling from a small area, so we have a tight-knit community. And one thing that I've always tried to instill in my staff is family first. And so I think that's helped us throughout our years. Some of my employees have been here for the same tenure as I have, and some have actually exceeded me. They were here from the beginning. As we're moving forward, uh, we've had a small changeover in a few places, but uh, it's been a fun trip all the way through. What's the climate like? What are some challenges that Mother Nature has thrown you besides Harvey last year? Well, being in Texas, especially here along the Gulf Coast, it changes almost every day. We typically stay in the summertime around 90 to 95 degrees, and so the grass continues to grow. We've had a lot of significant change in our climate. We've gone through droughts. We've had hurricanes, such as Hurricane Ike. Uh, that was my first exposure to a natural disaster, which was pretty devastating to the golf course. We lost about uh, 120 trees on the property. Uh, it was pretty wild to walk back in and see exactly what Mother Nature can deliver with all of her ferocity and 
what is a typical August like for you and your team? And explain where you were at last August before Harvey hit your area. Well, unfortunately, last August, we were just at the point of really getting back to a recovery stage from the prior year's flood. Uh, the Brazos River, they, they experienced a ton of rainfall up around the Dallas and Waco area. And with our adjacent property being right next to the, um, to the Brazos River, we were back flooded and inundated in 2016 as well. So that was in April of 2016. And then we had done all of our, we had made all of our recovery efforts. And then in August of 2017, we had to go through it all again. It was, um, it was a little defeating, which was um, pretty tough for most of my staffers to understand and appreciate just how much it takes to keep the golf course moving in the right direction and continue to get people to come out and play. But my team rallied, and we had a great opportunity. If anything, it actually served to do us better as a staff and kind of closed up that uh, if there were any voids in just how much we felt about one another and our team sense that we were able to bring everybody back in. And unfortunately, we kind of knew exactly what to expect when we walked back in after Harvey. What were the days leading up to Harvey like, and what was the day of the storm like, what do you remember about that period? We were not expecting Harvey to end up in Houston. Uh, when it made landfall, it was in Rockport, which was about uh, which is about 150 miles south of Houston and the golf course. So we never had any expectation that it was actually going to drive inland and then just kind of move up along the coast. So it decimated a lot of areas between Rockport's landfall and getting to us here in Houston and Lake Jackson. So for us, we were a little flat-footed. We had made some preliminary plans moving and understanding that we might have to do some evacuations. We might have to worry about pieces of equipment and things like that. So we tried to do the best that we could leading up to it. As it came in and started to slide along the Gulf Coast, I recognized that it was going to be a problem for us here at the golf course. So that's when I came down uh, and moved all of our equipment and tried to find the highest ground that we could and just kind of circle the wagons around tees and greens, anything that I thought was high enough to maybe avoid the flood and the impact. Our shop was completely decimated. We had almost three feet of water inside the shop. Uh, my office space, my assistants, my mechanics area, and it was a good move for us that we took the time to do it. It was um, it was pretty wild, uh, I have to say. We were we were trying to move equipment, and we had almost ankle deep water as we were moving equipment out of the shop and trying to get it to the higher ground. Which, at the end of the day, was the smartest move we could have made. After seeing the devastation in Houston, it really would have impacted us long term because trying to get new new equipment in was going to be a problem. Um, it takes a while to get new pieces down here. So you were moving the equipment while the hurricane was going on? When we determined that the golf course was going to be impacted, I had to make the decision to come down and start moving equipment through ankle-deep water. I was able to get all of the equipment circled around. The, uh, the staffers on the clubhouse side were also doing the same thing with our cart fleet. And so we just took the approach that we needed to save as much equipment as we could and try to prioritize what we could 
do without and what we needed to have after the event passed. I personally had to drive down uh, about a 30-mile trip and get to the golf course and was just fortunate enough to get back into my golf, went through, and we finished up for the evening. It came on us really fast, and it was really, really tough to get everything in a position where we could actually salvage as much as we could. Did you know that you had a high point on your property where you, you could do that? Did you have some like maps or plans or surveys, or was that just kind of uh, instinct from knowing the land over the years you managed it? It was from the instinct of knowing the land and recognizing the elevations, and those were the highest points that we could go to. Uh, we were all on the same page between our clubhouse and the, uh, the maintenance staff, and so we did the best that we could to get the big equipment that we knew we were going to need after the flood and Hurricane Harvey passed by. What is it like then making the trip home, going home, and waiting out a storm of that magnitude? Well, it's a little herring. Uh, at the time, I was uh, in a two-story home, and I had my family go upstairs, and I stayed downstairs just to see if we were going to have water that was going to impact our house as well. Fortunately, we were able to survive it. Uh, it got very, very close, but we did not get impacted on our home level. So it was uh, by the grace of God. And then what are the days after the, the storm like? When did you realize that this one was maybe a bit different than some of the previous ones you had endured? Well, I think it was the realization that we were going to have to do everything over again. Uh, we had just completed a bunker renovation and a green renovation at the golf course. So we knew that it was going to be basically grab your bootstraps and start back over again which is pretty tough to tell a crew when they work that hard to get everything fixed back up and cleaned back up, and it only takes another 10 months before we have to endure it all again. So keeping employee morale up was extremely important to me, and it was something that uh, the golf course needed at the time in order to make it happen. Do you remember that moment when you first had most of your crew together after the storm? You had them gathered. Do you remember looking in, into their eyes? It was pretty tough. Uh, some of the some of my staffers, even the long-term staffers, they had families that were impacted as well. Uh, maybe some of them lived in some lower-lying areas, and they were concerned about their family's situation and issues that they might be facing. And so that was really first and foremost on my mind is, look, let's get together. We'll assess the golf course, and then we're going to go and make sure that everybody's family is taken care of first. We will get back to the golf course once everybody is squared away. Once we decided that everybody was good to go, uh, we just had to start the slow approach of getting back to the golf course and trying to put it back on the map. Plain, where do you even begin with putting the golf course back together? What's, what are the first steps? The big keys that I've found through the years that I've been down here is when a natural disaster is looming, I've taken the approach of call your reps, start talking to the people that you're going to need first and foremost, before the storm or event gets to you. Uh, not only works with a hurricane of that sort but or a flood that you know is impending, but it's a matter of try to talk to your representatives, try to get the, the people that are going to help you the most and get first in line, uh, whether that's irrigation control boxes or equipment. Start having those conversations before anything gets to you. That's the best approach that I've taken towards it. What was your 
goal after it happened? Was it get the golf course ready for play as quickly as you could, or was it put things back together with a long-range plan? What, what was the immediate objective and timeline, and how did you handle those type of deadlines you had? Well, the immediate objective was to uh, try and get the golf course back online as fast as possible. We're a revenue-based um, golf course, so for us, any day that we're closed, we're not, able, we're not able to recapture that money. So we're trying to get the facility back up, not just for the revenue stream, but also to get people back to a normal sense of life. Uh, they love to come out and play golf. They love this facility. So we were trying to make some sense of normalcy out of a really devastating situation. And what was the scene around the golf course like after the, the storm? What were some things you saw that were inspirational and you're going to remember for your, the rest of your life, what was Houston like in that, that immediate period after the storm? Well, it, it's pretty inspiring when you see people that go out of their way to try and help their neighbor. And I think that's just part of being in the South. You always try to help your neighbor. Uh, so when you have devastation and people are able to come to your rescue, come to your help, uh, people are reaching out, those that weren't affected, we're trying to help those that were. It's pretty amazing just to see how harmoniously we can all get together in the midst of a big storm or a big event like that. Anything really stick out in your mind? Any scenes or, or memories that, or anecdotes that you still remember vividly to this day? Uh, I guess when you're trying to get past the National Guard and you're being escorted by the chief of police just to get to your front entrance, and then you have to get into a boat just to get to your maintenance shop, and recognize that you have four feet of water in your parking lot and three and a half feet of water in your building, it's pretty surreal. It's, it was amazing devastation. But when people rally together, it's amazing how fast you can get it all put back together. Yeah, speaking of rallying, what is the Houston golf community like? How much support did you provide other superintendents? How much support did superintendents provide you? How much support did you receive from the other people you deal with in the industry? From what I understand, it's a, it's a pretty amazing golf community. It is. Uh, the South Texas Superintendents Association is one that I think rallies most in the industry. Um, it's a very tight-knit community. Even though it is such a large metropolis like Houston, it's pretty pretty amazing to see how everybody gets together and tries to help out as much as possible. The guys that were not affected were trying to lend equipment, get other people picked up, try to help them out as much as they possibly could, and get everybody back online. The South Texas Superintendents Association is by far and away one of the most tight-knit organizations that I've ever had the privilege to work with and be a part of. Are things back to normal? Are they back to like they were before Harvey, or is there still a lot of rebuilding of homes and lives and businesses in the area still going on in Houston? I think most people are back to a normal sense of life. We have not had the opportunity to get our maintenance facility put back together just because of the time frame and the amount of devastation that took, took uh, place along the Gulf Coast. Uh, starting in Rockport and getting all the way up to us in the Houston area, there were a lot of people that were affected. We're delayed. My maintenance facility has not been put back together just quite as yet. Uh, but that's what's so awe-inspiring about my staff, that they're willing to commit to a golf course as much as they are in the midst of all of this, and they're still not back to a sense of normalcy. It's, um, it's pretty, 
pretty awe-inspiring, to tell you the truth. I have an amazing staff. My guys um, recognize what's going on. They recognize the facility. They appreciate it for all that it is. And we have um, had the opportunity to put the golf course back probably better than it ever has been, truth be told. It's, uh, it's taken a lot out of them. It's taken a lot of their time. And I think at the end of the day, they're very proud of the product that we put out on a daily basis. So hopefully we will have a maintenance facility put back together here in the next month. And um, it'll be, a, it'll be a, a nice treat for them. And for the superintendents that have never had to do it or the people in the industry that have never had to do it, what is it like operating a team and handling your daily responsibilities when you don't have that maintenance facility in place? Well, it's quite the challenge. Uh, at one point in time, for the better part of about three months, I was displaced and had to have my home office serve as my maintenance facility headquarters, uh, which left me about 30 miles away from the facility. Uh, which proved to be a great challenge. Uh, it was a lot of long days trying to get back down and visit with the guys and make sure that we were staying on task with our recovery efforts and at the same time still having to conduct my business and the work that it was going to take uh, via contracting labor out to do the bunker repairs, get the greens uh, airified, get the fairways airified. It was uh, quite the challenge. What do you remember about the day that golfers returned to the course how long was it after harvey when you had some play again and what do you remember about that day seeing customers out enjoying the game again it was uh it was a moment of joy uh just to know that it was getting back to some sense of normalcy for everybody in the community again it's a tight-knit community a small area that we have down here just seeing the look on their faces to recognize that we had worked so hard and so diligently and trying to get this property back open again. Uh, we were down on the front nine for three weeks, and it took us another two weeks before we could get the back nine opened. So within a five-week period, we had the full 18 and the full facility back open. It sounds like you still have some work to do with your maintenance facility, so you're not quite 100% to where you were before the storm. But how do you feel after going through a year like this? Are you, you tired? burned out? Are you inspired? What are the emotions of going through such a, a grueling year? And how does everybody on your team, you think, feel right now about what it accomplished and what the last year was like? Well, I think we went through that full range of emotions. At first, it's disbelief. Mm -hmm. And then you kind of get past the denial phase and you begin again. Uh, I think once you get back to opening the golf course and seeing the patrons begin to enjoy the property once more, it's uh, it's pretty inspiring. It, I think that helps to motivate the team. It has helped motivate all of us. Uh, at times, there are high levels of stress. Obviously, with any kind of large impacting storm like that, you would you would feel the same way. But um, at the end of the day, I would say the stress levels are down. Everybody is happy to be back at work. The golfers are happy to be back at the golf course. And the golf course is probably in the best shape that it's been in the last five years. Uh, some of the organic matters that came in from the flood have actually helped us out long term. And um, the golf course is as good as it's ever been. So without the maintenance facility, the guys were able to rally. And I can't believe that such a small, tight-knit group of guys could accomplish what we were able to accomplish in such a short period of time.
unfortunately, natural disasters are part of life, and recovering from them are part of the life. We're entering a near another hurricane season right now. What what guidance would you give somebody in the golf industry about handling this time of year that maybe is young and hasn't done it like yourself? What would you tell somebody about the August and September period in your part of the country? Be prepared. Uh, just recognize that these storms are always going to be in the Gulf of Mexico, and if you have the unfortunate opportunity of having to deal with one, try to make sure that you're ready for it. Uh, there are some things that you can do in advance, uh, such as moving your important maintenance equipment and your fleets up to the highest elevations that you can possibly find. Uh, consider all the small tools that are going to be necessary after the fact, whether it's a chainsaw, weed eater, or other incidentals, um, you know, what I did was I put them in the back of some of my work vehicles before we parked them on the high grounds. Uh, took the opportunity also to put a greens mower and a chainsaw up on my maintenance lift and uh, had five gallons of gas sitting with it just in case we were able to lose, uh, in case we lost power. In the aftermath, make sure you take lots of pictures, document everything that you possibly can. The insurance claims and the adjusters that are going to come out, they typically honor those photos, and they're going to be overwhelmed as well. So it just helps to speed up the process. Uh, once you get the opportunity to get back on the facility and the grounds, you know, try to remove all of the contents as, me as immediately as possible and begin the remediation if it's in the case of a flood. Uh, call your authorized irrigation and chemical and fertilizer equipment distributors. Uh, get in touch with them as soon as possible so that you can go ahead and get as high on the front end of the list as possible. Log everything. Uh, when it comes to FEMA, what I've learned is emails, texts, and phone calls, they're crucial to the efforts of the facility and its recovery efforts. So log everything. Administration hours are a big part, and they need to be documented. Uh, if you have to go through any kind of dewatering or pumping, to get water off of the property, make sure that you log those hours, what type of pumps you're using, the discharge size, the gallons per minute, and then um, meet with your club or your city city officials as soon as possible and see what their requirements are. What are they looking for? Blaine, what did you learn about yourself as a manager? What did you learn about your crew? And what did you learn about the human spirit going through everything that you've gone through in the last year? I learned a lot about myself, and I learned a lot about the people that I care about the most, and most of those guys are part of my crew. Uh, it's amazing to the human resolve. Uh, most people want to get back to a sense of normalcy, uh, myself included, and I found that when it really gets tough, people dig a little deeper, and they try to make everything correct as fast as possible. It's, uh, it's awe-inspiring. Well, Blaine, we thank you for joining us. You know, from everybody in the golf industry, uh, it's been amazing to, to watch what the recovery's been like in Houston and see all the, the superintendents and the people that they work for pull together and, and return these golf courses to playable conditions. Uh, thanks a lot for everything you do, and thanks a lot for taking some time to join us on the podcast. Well, I appreciate it, guys. Thank you for the opportunity. It's a great story, and uh, look forward to... Uh, trying to help out anybody that we possibly can in future endeavors. Hopefully it doesn't come their way, but if it does, try to be as prepared as possible in advance.